0: Well, I'm not an aviation buff, but I do live in Victoria. Seattle's right down the road. We go quite often because it's so close. And, of course, uh, you can't go to Seattle without thinking about Boeing. And in Seattle, Everett, really, just outside of Seattle, the end of an era this week, the end of a glorious era in flight, rolled off the assembly line. The 1,574th and final Boeing 747 rolled out of the company factory uh, ending more than a half century production run of the jumbo jet and workers at boeing many of whom had worked on the 747 for a very long time shared their thoughts about the legacy that they helped build to see it roll out for the last time it is kind of a uh, surreal it's just that,
1: that bittersweet it's hard to fathom that it's the last time it's the end you the queen of the skies you know it's pretty interesting to be a part of all this you know it's it's an emotional time
0: i think it's just you know
1: 747 changed aviation it changed the way with the world connected
0: there's a part of us rolling out with this thing you know boeing workers there talking about the final 747 the 1574th to roll off the assembly line it's hard to overstate as they put it the impact of the so-called queen of the skies on aviation the planes could carry Hundreds of passengers at a time uh, that long for long-haul flights, which was a big deal. It helped open the skies to a huge range of passengers. It really sort of democratized air travel. That might be putting too much on it, but part of it. And, of course, they made it easier to fly cargo as well. They were, at first, primarily cargo planes. That transformed the delivery of consumer goods right around the world. So a really important part of our history, our aviation history as well. It all started when Pan Am, you'll remember them, Pan Am's walk trip made a $500 million deal with Boeing that set the 747 in motion. He wanted a bigger plane. Uh, and you could tell from this 1969 Pan Am commercial that the jumbo jet was a very big deal indeed. Chances are you've heard about the plane with the spiral staircase in first class. The plane with the two wide aisles and the three widescreen movies and the eight-foot ceilings and economy chances are you've wondered who's going to get this incredible bird off the ground now you know pan-am will bring you the world's first 747 pan-am will bring you the plane with all the room in the world before you know it yeah, it was a big deal. 1969 Pan Am, of course, so integral to the development of the 747, also the first to fly it. Many others did afterwards. Air Canada, of course, had 747s. I remember them. I just can't can't remember distinctly. I must have been on dozens of 747s. But uh, I do remember the staircase. That's one thing I do remember from early flying. What's amazing about those 747s is just how much early days, how much room there was. I mean, compared to today, it's like the difference between being in like a ladder versus being in a limousine. It's, it's remarkable. Um, but there was much more to them than that. Of course, they're four engine planes, they were big, uh, they were expensive to run and demand over time has moved towards smaller, lighter, certainly more fuel efficient aircraft. Uh, and so Airbus and now Boeing have both gone away from that kind of that kind of plane. Well, joining me now with more on this is Ted Hutter. He's an aviation historian and a senior manager uh, of public relations and promotions at the Museum of Flight in Seattle. They have a prototype of the very first Boeing 747 at the museum. Thanks for your time tonight. Thanks for having me. This is remarkable. You know, I think it kind of, I mean, I wasn't aware that this was going to be the, you know, the 1547th, I think, in final 747. Uh, but it's such a big deal to Boeing, to Seattle, to aviation, really the end of an era this week.
1: I, I think it comes as, would come to a surprise to the people that designed and built this plane over 50 years ago that it would take this long for the final one to be built.
0: Why is that? Because when you look back at it, I gather it came in as the queen of the skies, huge fanfare, but it really transformed aviation.
1: It, it did. The 747 was such a breakthrough in so many different ways. It came at a time that the jet age was, was established by then, and it was a popular way to travel, but it was mostly business people. It wasn't cheap yet. The ranges were limited. You know, the the 707, which was very popular and used by most of the major airlines, they could barely make it across the Atlantic Ocean. So it didn't have that flexibility. And as airline travel was was becoming more popular, terminals were getting more crowded. There was more congestion. And this led to uh, Juan Tripp, who was the president of uh, Pan Am, He came to Bill Allen, who was the president of Boeing. They'd known each other for decades and basically said, you know, if you can design a bigger airplane, I'll buy it.
0: It's an amazing feat of engineering as well, because I gather, of course, the same thing that made it so groundbreaking is also, you know, as always is the case with technology, the same thing that probably... Uh, made it obsolete eventually now, many, many years later. Uh, but tell me a bit about about sort of the, the first jumbo jet. What was it about the high-bypass engine technology, for instance, that made it so revolutionary?
1: That's the thing about this airplane that's so remarkable, is that they were attempting something that had never been done before technologically. It was literally twice the size of any of the other jetliners at the time. So the challenges were formidable, a lot of people thought that it couldn't be done, but with this challenge also from Pan Am to produce something that large, the company really needed the plane and used the, the best engineers and the best technology at the time to accomplish it. It all came together in just a remarkably perfect way. It, almost from day one, it was, it was a good airplane.
0: What was the reaction like back then uh, from the public? Because, of course, the public would be a bit off-put by such a large plane, wondering how it would get off the ground. I mean, we had that in later years with other massive planes as well.
1: Exactly. And and that's what's interesting, is it, it was at a time in aviation where people thought that this thing won't be able to fly. It was unprecedented. That alone was remarkable. But what what Boeing discovered that was interesting is that there were probably more doubts amongst the in the industry and uh, with the professionals about the public's acceptance of something so huge as with the public themselves. There, It did not take very long at all for it to just sort of grab the attention of the general public. And it really became a, a a star in a way overnight. It was something special that everyone and everybody wanted to be a part of.
0: Yeah, airlines quite literally broke down the doors in Seattle to try to get their hands on the 747s in the early days.
1: Exactly. As soon as it became known that it was popular, it became the airliner of choice. All of the major airlines, they, they really had to have one, whether they needed it or not it was part of the prestige part of keeping up with the joneses it was one of those things that that never really ended and the fact that we're talking about it now really really says something about that
0: it does you look at it now and you think my god there's a lot of room on that plane <laughs> compared to what you have today
1: exactly it's uh, it's still a large plane and you know the the version that came out of the factory this week the last of many uh, versions of this airplane, which is also the reason why 50 plus years later it's still being flown, is that it kept advancing with the technology. New and better engines were fitted to it, so it became more efficient. It had better range than ever before, could carry more weight than the original planes. It's a bigger plane now, this this Dash 8 final version is is much bigger than the original one, so it kept up with the technology, but as you mentioned earlier, there were other technological advances that also contributed to its demise.
0: Yeah, I guess airlines wanted smaller planes, right and suddenly the jumbo jet uh, wasn't as as economical or as efficient as it used to be and, and as always I mean technology it's remarkable that it lasted as long as it did really if you look at the history of aviation
1: there's another aspect to it that uh, the rest of us don't see very often and that's probably the most important reason the plane continues to fly is that from the very beginning it was envisioned as a freighter as an air freighter that's what got the plane through its first few years before it really caught on with the public and that was during an economic recession and gas prices and everything else so it took a few years for the airlines to start buying them as airliners in mass quantities, but it changed air freight almost immediately because that was something that was ongoing regardless. And it was the cheapest, most efficient way to transport goods long
0: distances. Yeah. As you mentioned, the last one to roll off the assembly line is in fact a cargo plane, right?
1: Exactly. And, uh, They'll probably be flying that way for decades. In fact, most of the passenger carrying airplanes, once they're retired, were often bought by the freight companies and converted into cargo airplanes.
0: This also comes at at a real moment of change for Boeing, too. So one thinks of the 747 as sort of being their signature plane, but there's nothing to replace it, is there? Well, Boeing
1: came out with the uh, the triple sevens in the nineteen nineties, and that was the first of the uh, twin engine jumbo jets. So there, you had a plane that was almost at the load carrying capacity of the seven forty seven, and with these giant new engines, it was able to do it much more efficiency. That plane really is now replacing the seven forty seven for large capacity uh, flights. The the new version of the 777 will carry as many people as the conventional 747 and do it with two engines instead of four.
0: Right. The 777X, right? I guess that's been delayed. Yes. Is that
1: right? Were we still waiting on it? It's still in, in flight tests. I'm not sure exactly when it will be uh, entering service. I think sometime in another year, perhaps. Yeah. But we see them flying out here at Boeing Field, and they are a sight. They're they're huge and they're a beautiful plane.
0: Yeah. And and, and just for the community itself, I mean, the seven forty seven in some ways, not to put not to wax poetic too much, but the seven forty seven kind of helped build Seattle too to some extent. I mean, Boeing's such an important part of the community, but the seven forty seven was part of that too, wasn't it?
1: Oh yes in an interesting way in that it kind of saved the company, because at the time that we're looking at the late 1960s, and in addition to, you know, the, the obvious need of a larger plane, really the trend was going towards faster. So this is a time that most believed that The supersonic transports were the future of commercial aviation why would someone want to spend more time on a plane if they can go faster that was the main focus of boeing and then of course concord and uh, and the russians had a plane as well they thought that was going to be the future and the 747 was developed kind of in the background of that at the same time then The SST, the U.S. SST that Boeing was working on gets canceled by Congress. Huge impact for the company. If it weren't for the 747 being such a success, right at about that same time that they had to cancel what they thought was their future, I think Boeing itself might have changed hands. They were heavily into debt on this program, and they really needed that success, and it paid off.
0: Yeah, it strikes me as odd now to think about it that the basketball team was still called the supersonics, even though it was the 747 that saved the day. Exactly. <laughs> so any I mean, I have I, I've been on 747s before. Um when you look at the old videos today and you see the staircases and the movies, it feels like such a different era of passenger travel. Uh but any final thoughts for uh for the Queen of the Skies as it as it rolls, it really flies off into history.
1: Well, I I look forward to being there when it finally flies away, which will probably be, oh, first week or so in February. Like I said, it is an end of an era, but we will be seeing these planes probably for decades.
0: You have a prototype, too, don't you? Tell me about that.
1: Yes. uh, The Museum of Flight has the very first 747 made, the prototype. It's like the crown jewel of our collection. It is outfitted as it always was, which as a test airplane. This was never an airliner. So the inside of it is a big cavernous space with instrumentation and things like that, that it would have been used for back in those days. But the upstairs still has the lounge that really you walk up that spiral staircase and enter the lounge and it's a time machine. You're back to 1969.
0: That whole concept of having that spiral staircase. I can remember the spiral staircase in a 747 just barely, but wow, what a different time that was.
1: It was. And the 747 really personified that. You look at the advertisements for the airlines at that day, it was all about. Glamorous photos, usually in the upper deck lounge of the 747, in wild clothes, shag carpets, everything.
0: The 747 far outlived a lot of the 70s fashion, and that's a good thing. (laughs) Ted Hunter, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you very much.